Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining again. So sorry about the delay in releasing episodes. There was a family emergency for me in early October that unfortunately required a lot of my attention. Everything did end up okay, but after the emergency was figured out, Abra and I participated in National Novel Writing Month. It's an event we do every single year where we try to write 50,000 words in 30 days, and actually, both of us succeeded. In terms of recording, we do still have a backlog of episodes that we haven't edited, but we'll actually be recording our first episode in over two months this weekend. And for editing, I've gotten started right away on December 1st. This is the first episode that'll come out this month, but it will not be the last. I do hope to have a couple more before the end of the year. And because I have some extra time off in December, I'm hoping that that helps out. But again, thank you guys all so much for coming back, for listening, and for your patience with us through a very hectic year. And hopefully going into our second year of production, we are a bit more productive. But thank you guys so much for your support. I hope you take care. And now on to the episode. Listening to We Finally Watched The Legend of Korra, Book 2, Chapter 6, a podcast where two friends force each other to watch the shows we keep meaning to watch and then talk about them. I'm your first friend, Abra. And I'm the second friend, Anthony. And uh, let's let's get into this, because um, I enjoyed this episode. Mostly everything that happened that wasn't related to the actual plot. <laughs> well, uh, we'll get into it, because I, I did actually, you know, towards the end, once we get there. Yeah, once we get there. The, the episode itself, you know, much like, and I think we talked about this earlier in season two, too. It's just not very engaging and, and I can't put my finger yeah. on it. Like, why? I think it's, it, I think it's because they're trying to do like this long, longer sort of slow burn intrigue, but they also, mm-hmm. they don't have enough content to make that the main focus. So they kind of have to have all these side plots. At least that's sort of my theory. For sure. Although I, I do, I do love the side plot of Bolin as Nuktuk. <laughs> <laughs> my first question is, why did they make Naga look like a panda? Because <laughs> I don't know. Like it, I, I would assume that that works even less than a polar bear. Yeah, dog. it's like polar bear dog is like. I would assume a native creature to the south. I don't know, maybe Arctic pandas or whatever they called her are also native to the south. But I just thought that was funny. Just the whole mm-hmm. Nuktuk sequence was great and funny. The The special effects were awesome. My only sort of thing that I didn't really think about till after the fact was the fact that they have audio as well as video. Mm-hmm. I, I guess maybe they're recording it separately, but that, that seems a little bit anachronistic that they would have video with audio at that point in time. You know, I, I think because of the way that it shows it, I don't think it's like movies are nowadays where it's all in one track, but rather it's like they're playing a recorded record yeah, that's like uh, they, while the show is going on. Granted, yes, they they could be doing that, and I I would assume that that's what they're doing. But either way, that mm-hmm. that whole sequence, uh, I stand Nuktuk hero of the South. He's great. I also love how they made a fire ferret a snow raccoon, <laughs> which begs the question: Are snow raccoons real? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I, I I like I really the fact that they so. were taking advantage of the black and white 
um, video to make that happen. Also, like while we're on the topic of like effects in the Nuck Tuck show, <laughs> I love how you live in a world where like magic bending is is fairly common. Yeah. Like everyone watching this show has seen a waterbender <laughs> before, so the effect of like dumping a bucket of water on people is not going to be convincing at all. The same way that it would be in like real world nineteen fifties esque, because it, you know I didn't even we think don't of- have the reference for. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> That's that is hilarious. And so, like, you're showing it to kids, so it doesn't have to be perfect. But I'm wondering, like, wouldn't it be much better and like maybe even easier to break up if you just had like an actual water bender just bending the water for Bolin, yeah, <laughs> or even just having an actual water bender as Nuktuk? I mean, it, it would obviously make more sense to have an actual water tribe person playing Nuktuk. I guess this is like earth kingdom washing but yeah i i feel like i mean bolin he's got he's got the charisma that's why varric chose him in the first place yes but yeah having having an actual waterbender there to do the waterbending would make sense but then also we wouldn't get the hilarious sequences of guys dumping buckets of water and pretending that it's waterbending because that's just funny or the like awesome and this is a real thing that they they did in old films of like showing the shadows of the fight instead of the actual fight because it's yes. much easier <laughs> to make a convincing like fight scene if you're only showing the shadow yeah uh it's the little effects of film history that that makes this whole thing worth watching. Yeah, that that whole sequence was great. And it's it's just funny and it's fun and I I like I like how they made Pabu yeah. and Naga like they gave them his voices. animal companions talk to him. Yeah. At, like I don't know, it's just it's cheesy and delightful. Yeah, Varric, uh I I was just going to say Varric is kind of at the center of this whole episode. Um, through like the Nuktuk filming and the intrigue story. Yeah, that's that's what I I put like even before you know the, the stuff got real. I put like mm-hmm. not even just this episode, but Varric has kind of been carrying this whole season. When you think about it, people like you know anytime anyone needs anything, they're just like, "Hey, Varric, we need we need a bunch of money. We need to throw a bunch of cash at this mm-hmm. problem." And he's just like. Well, I happen to have a lot of cash to throw at problems yeah. and just does it. And like, you know, I, I guess that's that's going to come back to bite them. You know, like, I, I think in this episode especially, but even in other episodes, we see that very, like, past this, you know, eccentric exterior where he's like coming across as a golden retriever. Like, he, he almost seems as stupid as Bolin and just like lucky with his money, but like, he is a dangerously good businessman. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, very smart in yeah. the way that he plays his cards. Oh, yeah. I love the CG tanks that look like they just... Mecha tanks that just don't even look like they're in the same environment. Yep. <laughs> it's so and, and it's weird because when, when there's the boat fight that's happening, like, later on in the episode, when they're, like, fighting on those speedboats, like, those boats look like really good CGI. And they, they fit in really well. You could only just sort of tell that they were CG. Right. Um, but then the tanks just like nothing. The triad is back. Yeah, the tri- the triple ad triads. So originally when I was watching this episode, uh, or not originally, but like today, mm-hmm. at the point where Mako is trying to leverage his connection with Korra to get them to like join them. Um, and he's like, oh, I'll give Shady yeah. Shin his bending back. I was like, 
that that was kind of a light bulb moment where like oh yeah like she wouldn't have given the bending back to the people who who were gangsters yeah i like that that line stuck with me too i was like did cora not give everyone her bending back and it's like that's a little bit messed up when you think about it. Like, yeah, obviously they're criminals. Oh, yeah. But also, Mako and Asami are literally going to these criminals for help. Like, clearly they, you know, they have a purpose in the ecosystem. And it's a bit messed up that Korra's like, well, you guys don't really conform to my morality. Therefore, I am just never giving you back your powers. Obviously, again, they're criminals, but like... The fact that there's a precedent for that now is just... Right. Well, and it's like they they weren't bad enough to take away their bending, right? Because otherwise, like, Aang would have, or or she probably would have been asked to before since, like, that's a pre-established power of the Avatar. But she's like, well, since your bending was already taken away, I'm not going to be the one to give it back to you. Yeah. But like, okay, but it wasn't bad enough to take away in the first place, right? Like that that's apparently I don't know, I'm I'm trying to think of an equivalent in our world, but I like it's Yeah, it's I, tough. I don't really think there is one, but it's, it's still kind of messed up. Like and it's it's messed up by the way, right? Cuz one way mm-hmm. Oh, you got all your guns taken away? Here, let me give them back to you, Mr. Criminal. That's um, true. But on, other, but on the other side, it's like... But oh, it's not got- It's not necessarily a weapon. It's like, it's a, you know, it's a whole part of these people's identity. It's like a cultural practice in some ways. Exactly. It's, it's practically a piece of religious, you know, affiliation. That's where, you know, bending is not a direct analog to, like, guns, but it is just so... Like, that's something I didn't even consider, because my thought was at the end of season one, like, oh, okay, and then everybody gets their bending back. But no, they they didn't. And mm-hmm. Korra not giving the bending back is, like, yeah, has some pretty dark moral ramifications, Um, but also, mm-hmm. like, it is at least understandable Mako, like, as a third party leveraging their bending yeah. as, like, as a bartering chip. Like, hey, I will give you back a piece of your cultural well, identity only if you help here's me. Here's the thing. He, he was he was at least clever enough to not make any promises. Yes. He basically said, oh, yeah, maybe I can talk Korra into giving it back. Mm-hmm. Which, at, at least, you know, again, he was smart enough not to make an actual promise to that. Um but still, yeah, that yeah. that whole bit was a little bit messed up. But I I do I do love the gangster guys. The whole sequence where they're talking about was it Two Toed Ping or whatever? Yeah, Two Toed Ping. Two Toed Ping. I love that guy. Like like that whole bit where he's just <laughs> talking about his toes and like overhearing the other gangsters, you know, talking about going on a date later. That, to me, reminded me a lot of the energy that The Last Airbender would have sometimes, where, you know, there'd just be like a random little snippet of conversation between two unnamed or barely inconsequential side characters, Mm -hmm. and they just have like a quirky little conversation in the background. I don't know, I just, I love that stuff, right? That was was a fun little moment. It was. No, I, I... Think the whole scenes on the boat are like so have some fun little world building and like the fact that it just takes the time to it like explain this kind of silly dumb backstory is like you said it it's like oh this is fun this is what I missed of Avatar and I think it's right at the end of the episode that the intrigue kind of becomes interesting yeah I mean 
It's funny because I I was saying at the start of this recording that like, you know, part of the issue with this season is they have they're trying to do this intrigue plot and they don't have enough or they have too much time to build it. And they so they just have to kind of spread it out with all this other stuff. But like, yeah, this is the kind of stuff that I want mm. to, to to also have just these little minor interactions with these random background characters. Right. Including Bolin's fake girlfriend, yep. Ginger. Which, like, that kiss was problematic. And I remember thinking that when I saw it for the first it, time, too. I Okay, so that's the thing I was thinking was, I, I feel like there's a bit of an issue of communication between what the show is trying to tell us about Bolin versus sort of how we're reading it. Because my first instinct when I saw that, I was like... Bolin, what the heck? Like, mm-hmm. you're you're not a creepy guy. You're not a weirdo. But they kind of show throughout the episode that it's it's not so much that Bolin is a creep. It's that Bolin is an idiot who doesn't understand the difference between acting and reality. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in his head, he's, you know, Ginger is Nuktuk's girlfriend. So, of course, it's it's totally fine for him to kiss her. But he doesn't really seem to understand the fact that they're just actors. And I feel like they could have probably done a better job of establishing that. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it definitely makes sense. And But that's sort of how I read it. Yeah, because he is established as kind of a, a golden retriever who, like, clearly does not understand, like you said, the, the boundary between... Like, he insists on being referred to as Nuktuk by his brother, right? Like, instead of Bolin. Yeah, I know. I mean... In fairness, he was kind of pissed off at, at Mako at that point. Right. But, yeah. But even so, and, and I think clearly at this point, he is kind of lost in his own identity as Bolin. And so to have this character to, like, dive into, yeah, I, I think he's just getting caught up in it. But it definitely comes across as, like, ooh, that has some gross ramifications. Like, Bolin, consent is key. Um, yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> no, it, uh, it doesn't completely turn me off the character, but it was, like, a bit, ooh, like, come on, man. Yeah, I think they could have built that up a little bit more. But I do love Bolin uh, as a as comedic relief. The whole hot tub scene this mm-hmm. episode was, was fantastic. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I love, that was excellent. You really can't trust the triple threat triad, though. They sure did betray Mako and Asami, and wow, who would have saw that coming? Who would have thought that Shady Shin would be so shady? Yeah. <laughs> and, and to a cop of all people. It's amazing that, like, Mako becoming a cop after being, like, criminal backs has had no real ramifications. No, like he, <laughs> the triple threat triad still listen to him. They still like al- allow him into their base, allow them to talk to him. Like you'd think that there would be some like, hey, no, like you became a cop. We're not yeah. talking to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's just very weird. Um, yeah, it, Mako as a whole, it's just I don't know. He's such a keener. I don't like mm-hmm. him. Um, and not yeah. A fan. I, just not making smart choices, but you know there was a cool there was a cool fight scene on some boats, so I'll, I'll let that pass. Yeah, um, I I do. It was a really cool fight scene. I that is the one thing that I do I am loving about Korra is the amount of high octane fights that happen on vehicles. I really enjoy that. I yep. really think that's cool. I'm glad that they got to do that with this setting. And then oh no, Asami lost her company. 
Yeah. Well, also, okay, I understand Future Industries is in, like, a bad place, but, like, there was no security. Yeah, like, there were exactly. no guards for, like, a small army of mech tanks. Yeah. Like, the rest of... Not, 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 and, like, it would be enough if it was just, like, the rest of any kind of business inventory. Like, if she ran a bakery and it was, like, all of her cakes or flour or whatever. But, like, these are war machines. Yeah. Like, these are, like, Mark One Iron Man suits and there's no security for well, them. Like, there's just a big door with a lock. I, the... I'm willing to to give that a little bit of a pass because once we find out that uh, Varric is behind this, I mean, Varric has kind of been working with Asami, so I, I feel like it would be entirely possible for him to just like mm-hmm. you know pay off the guards for the night or whatever, or or to even perhaps have his own security guards who are working for him. But yeah, I, I didn't I didn't really think about that. I was just too busy rolling my eyes at Asami, talking about how, oh no, I'm gonna, uh, the company is gonna go bankrupt. And I'm like, okay, you, you, you're a weapons manufacturer. I'm sorry, but I can't really find, find it in myself to feel sorry for you. Yeah, like, I feel bad that you're, like, poor now, I guess, <laughs> but, like, you're probably not. I mean, like, probably, I'm sure there's yeah. still some money in the bank. And also, like, you're friends with the Avatar. You were the sponsor of a very successful sports team. Your best friend is a now a movie star, um, and you also are close contact with the world's current leading uh, weapons manufacturer other than yourself. So yeah. I really, like, I, I don't actually feel that bad. And in fact, I think this is a good fresh start for you. Um. Yes. And then she kisses Mako for some reason, and I'm just like, yeah. God damn it. I promise it goes away after okay. the season. This is the last season you'll have to deal with it. Okay, good. In, in any real way, anyway. Yeah, so, and then at the end of the episode, we get a bit of a bomb from on Korra's end. Yes. Uh, before we get to that part, though, I do want to talk about evil Varric for a, for a hot minute. Sure. Because, you know, yeah, like you were saying, like, admittedly fallen into the whole, oh, he's just a quirky billionaire thing. And then it's like, oh, no, he's he's serious. Like, obviously, he was only ever invo- invested in his own self-interest. Mm-hmm. But you don't really think of him as being the bad guy until, you know, you, you see him with that evil smirk. And I have to ask, yeah. as someone who watched Korra as it was coming out, and as someone who presumably mm-hmm. knows, of, is is familiar with the term Tumblr sexy man, was Varric a Tumblr sexy man? I, I think there was some uh, standing ah. of, of Varric. I know he was a very popular character, like, as the show was coming out. I can't remember if he got to Onceler level. I don't think he did. I, I wouldn't expect him to, obviously. Yeah. Like, I think that there was a fan base for him. I think most of it centered around his relationship with Julie. Interesting. I think there was some kind of, like, a servitude kind of thing, right? Okay. Like, any, anyway, uh, <laughs> we won't get into the specifics, but I do think, yeah, there there was definitely a, a following for him. Okay. Uh, circa 2015-ish. Fair enough. I, I was, you know, as soon as, as soon as he did, like, the dramatic chair turn around and like the evil smirk and it's like oh yeah for some mm-hmm. reason you know capitalists are very popular in in the tumblr sexy <laughs> man space so um 
Yeah, I, I was like, yeah, I, I kind of get it. I can see how this would be the case. He's got the mustache <laughs> and the pullback hair. And, yeah, yeah. He's, no, he's he, not conventionally he, attractive, yeah. but he has a certain energy about him. Yeah. One thing I will say, like rewatching the series, is that um, it surprised me too watching it for the first time mm -hmm. on the rewatch you can see in pretty much every scene he's in like prior to this episode how he is pulling the strings how he is keeping himself looking like an innocent bystander while pulling the strings and like going back to that line in in one of the previous episodes that we talked about where he's like if you can't make money in a war you just flat out cannot make money and like yeah that was the first kind of peek into his real honest mindset and now we see like oh yeah he's yeah i, I mean <laughs> like oh he he meant it i i i hate to say like i I wouldn't say that I trusted him as a character, but I was definitely like, oh, yeah, he's mm -hmm. not a bad guy. And now I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. wait. Well, it, and I don't you know, know if he's going to be like evil or anything. He's just very clearly yeah. in it for his own his own self-interest. Yeah. And I think you'll see like, well, and you got to think not just his self-interest, but like the South is his culture. Right? Like, he, he is from the Southern Water Tribe. So, if his goal is to, like, maintain the South's new culture of, like, free enterprise, but also, like, his home and his heritage, you know, him kind of making these fake attacks in order to goad the the rest of the world into picking a side in this fight mm -hmm. is the wrong way <laughs> of going about it, but in the correct interest of his community. Yeah, no, I, I I think it's definitely consistent with his character and like what anyone who isn't, you know, most people aren't inherently good. There is a limit to what people are willing to put up with before they start doing some morally questionable stuff. And when you have a lot of money mm -hmm. and you can actually get away with doing this stuff, you're going to do it. That's that's just how it's going to go. Mm -hmm. But yeah, anyways, back to back to Cora yeah. though and what's going on with her. Yeah, absolutely. So deja vu. We got a deja vu episode. Mm-hmm. And she's an amnesiac, I guess. Yeah. Uh, which is a thing that hasn't happened in Avatar, I don't think, which is interesting because I feel like it's a fairly common trope. Yeah. But it, it hasn't happened yet, so let's let's see where it goes. I'm I'm curious. So get ready for the uh the two parter episode. We're gonna we're gonna record we're gonna watch them as one episode and we're gonna record it as one episode, but this is the best two episode exposition arc you will ever see. I, I genuinely think right. these next two episodes are really great. It's really great Avatar lore. It's really great spiritual lore. Like it, in the Avatar universe, it's really great everything. We are well, you'll see. I do, I don't want to spoil okay. it, but we yes, are going to I'm see excited, some. Though. Yeah, we we are going to see some origin stories. Um, Heck so, yes. Yeah. It's, I, it's... I am always down for exposition. I love that. All right. That was the show. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at WFWCast and send us a voice message if you enjoyed it. And we might feature it at the beginning of a future episode. Lastly, remember to check in on your friends. They don't hate you as much as you think they do.